Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodies, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are ya? We're going to jump right into this episode today because it's nice and it's a, you know, it's a longer episode, but I love a good long episode because it's a terrific film we're talking and it's a first time guest. And well, there's two guests. One is Brian Rodriguez, who I mean... You definitely know him from this podcast, and then of course, our joint project, our joint podcast, P.S. I Love Hoffman, P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, and his own masterpiece of podcasting, High School Slumber Party, and of course, just all the other amazing podcasts on the Cage Club Podcast Network. But the first time guest is Nicole DeLuise, his wife. I've known Nicole for just about as long as Brian, and I think they mentioned the episode, it's Almost 10 years since they started uh, dating, so there we go. And we're talking The 100-Foot Journey. Love this film, love talking this film. Guys, I really, I, I, I gotta learn more about Indian food. I mean, I just, I have a bad memory, so I'm just not great with dish names. So I, I gotta study up a bit more on that. But if you have some favorite dishes, please message them to me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Instagram would probably be best. That's what I'm always on. And hey, we're dealing with food. We want food pictures. So either DM me or tag me in uh, any Indian restaurants you go to. Say what dish it is, what, you know, like the name of it. And then, you know, whether it's a, a vegetable, chicken, anything like that. So please let me know. Help me expand my Indian cuisine. So without further ado, here I go talking The 100 Foot Journey with Nicole and Brian. Brian and Nicole, thank you so much for joining me on Foodie Films. This is a, well not a first, I've had one couple on before. I've had Joe 2 and Rachel, but what this do you is mean? fun. You, you had a couple the other day. <laughs> I had a couple the other day? Yeah, your couple. Oh yeah! Oh yes, yes. Dan- Danielle was on. <laughs> is that still is that so, still happening? Are you still like a thing or what? It's going- it's we're in separate rooms now. <laughs> literally, she's watching TV. I'm in here recording. That's it. Uh, but yeah, okay. So yes, uh, so thrice couples. Brian, welcome back. Nicole, welcome. First time caller. Yes, first, first time, time caller. Actually, first time ever on an, on a podcast. 
Wow. Yeah. My Same husband, thing with uh, Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. My husband refuses to put me on his. So I, I don't mix business with pleasure. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> you you find this pleasurable? This you mean? <laughs> I mean, this is pleasure here. So this is pleasure and pleasure. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's about. It's not business, tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, right Right after I had Danielle on, she was, you know, because she was working, uh, I, I think it was a photographer that she worked with both at the U.S. Tennis Open, then U.S. Golf Open, and she was on his podcast that he talks with photographers. So it's oh, like, wow. I like, I, pre- I prepped her. She oh, was ready. Cool. Yeah. But Are, are, uh, are you going to be a guest on that podcast? I'm not a photographer, so I don't think so. Uh, that's not what I've heard. I've heard you brag <laughs> about your photo skills uh, <laughs> off air, but we won't talk about that. Let's just no, say won't. let's just say you at times have believed that you're the best photographer in the home, <laughs> and that's why we're sleeping in separate rooms. Yeah, those, those are fighting words. <laughs> well, anyway, welcome to Foodie Films, Nicole. Just in the beginning, before we get into this delightful movie. Uh, I just want to hear about, uh, well, obviously we've been friends for a while and I've eaten many meals with you, but what were you eating growing up? Who was cooking? That kind of stuff. Um, well, my mom was the main cook in my life. Um, she made pretty much what every, I feel like American mom makes. You get like your chicken parm, you'd get your, um, Oh, God, the pork loin. Pork chops Mm -hmm. and applesauce? No, it's not pork chops. (laughs) It was literally the pork loin. And yes, there was applesauce involved, egg noodles, and red cabbage. And for the life of me, cannot eat that ever again. Really? Um, Oh, I love that stuff. No, I can't. It was... I don't know if it maybe it was her seasoning. Um, no offense, mom. I love you. But I just can't eat it ever again. So... um, And then my... My parents are divorced, so... Um, Should we talk about that? <laughs> I'd spend the weekends with my dad and my stepmom, and my stepmom, um, she didn't really cook, so we would order out a lot or go out to okay. eat. So yeah. is takeout, like, was that... I feel, you know, like, I, I, we didn't get much takeout when we were younger. Like, maybe, you know, obviously pizza, Chinese when I was, like, a little older, but were you... By getting takeout, were you eating anything that you feel like maybe some other kids weren't or not necessarily it was mainly just the italian food chinese food um my mom had a staple every sunday it was always chinese food um every tuesday was like hamburger night and then like thursdays was like pasta uh but the funny thing is my mom would never eat the hamburger she would always get herself sushi um and we got to eat (laughs) you know ground beef and cheese and she got sushi so you know, <laughs> you, you, you know what's funny? Like I feel so spoiled now, just being in New York, and obviously Jersey City is the same with this. But like, growing up not that far away from where we live now, how many real takeout options were there? Chinese, yeah, and Italian. Much. What else? Oh, sandwich, not, maybe? yeah, yeah, maybe. I feel like now, um, now there are more. Yeah, for sure. Like with Dumont, they have Cuban now. Um, Besides the staples of Italian um, and Chinese, I think you can get like Mexican now. Um, so it's it's a much more variety. Isn't it weird that Mexican was like a late development? <laughs> 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 it was literally Chinese food and Italian food. 
And the, the Irish, a lot of Irish where we grew up, they didn't have a restaurant, which was weird. But your mom, I know, made a lot of Irish food. Because you had soda bread and stuff, right? Not well, every day. Yeah. My, my mom didn't make that. <laughs> my Aunt Kathy uh, oh, gotcha. is really, really good at baking. And um, every holiday, she pretty much would bake a so- soda bread. So Oh, every holiday? Not just St. Patrick's Day? Not just St. Patrick's okay. Day. Yeah. Because I find that funny. There's certain dishes. Like, how often are people eating turkey? You know? It's like... yeah. Definitely Thanksgiving, maybe Christmas. A lot of people Christmas. Not really me, but a lot of people Christmas. Really? Uh, yeah. No, we you know we're, we have like Spanish people don't really eat turkey. Except you have hamon. Thanksgiving. You know, <laughs> yes. more like the pegni, but yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah no, that's, parts of that's, the pig. <laughs> parts of the pig. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I want pig every holiday. I guess the only holiday I really have pig is probably ham on Easter or Christmas. Christmas know. ham. <laughs> Christmas ham. I mean, you eat uh, like a hot dog. Well, that's really beef. Let me see. Is there like a. <laughs> no, I guess sausages, you know? Mm. On I guess sausage July. and. Oh, yeah, okay. Fourth of July, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. There's sausage and stuffing sometimes. True. But yeah, I, I think, Nicole, I think you and I had very similar upbringings in our Bergen County whiteness. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. And then now no. we each live in, uh, but like like you said, even where we grew up, there's a lot more options now. I mean, there's a lot more options everywhere. And especially given the uh, pandemic, I mean, so many restaurants are doing even that much more takeout now than ever before. You know, restaurants that just wouldn't even have thought about that, but that's what they need to do to survive. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's something that, Definitely being in Manhattan now, we definitely took advantage of. Maybe took advantage of a little too much, but, you know, we try to cook too sometimes. Yeah, I think that in the beginning of the pandemic, we cooked a lot more than we usually did. And then um, once we felt that eating out was safe again, we mm-hmm. we went back into our old habits of ordering out too much. But let's be honest, a lot more places, like you said, started offering food and oh, drinks yes exactly what i was gonna say oh yeah the <laughs> once i could get drinks. like sangrias yeah. to go and oh, like mojitos margaritas to, go, to go margaritas to go it's like all right game on let's do it so yeah a just some giant places, plastic containers yeah a, a couple of places near us actually offer like a mimosa uh kit where like they'll send a bottle of champagne and then um a wow. thing of orange juice so you could do your brunch at home pretty good nothing wrong with that there's like so many places that yeah i was just getting like two pound plastic containers of their cocktails and they were (laughs) i don't don't know about you guys but every place i was coming they were pouring them strong oh yeah you have to get through it we needed it yeah (laughs) we needed it it, exactly especially nicole here who healthcare worker one of i know healthcare heroes here just like your mom mary fran so yeah those are the ones not just an essential worker but a healthcare worker yeah I didn't need it. I was home, you know. <laughs> I still I still got it, but still. Yeah, what was uh obviously we won't have to go into crazy depth, Nicole, but just like what was while being a nurse in the hospitals, just even in that environment taking a break and having a meal, like what is that what is that atmosphere like? Because you obviously have to be pretty safe. Yeah. Um well We were very lucky uh, that a lot of local businesses actually catered um, our food. 
Uh, okay, so they yeah. would actually bring in um, food and they would make desserts uh, and they'd give us like bottles of water. Um, but it is very difficult to like have to take off like everything, um, th- especially the N95 mask. Those things se- seem to kind of glue onto your face. Um, and uh, to be able to like sit down and eat something after having all that stuff on um, is definitely like a real treat. <laughs> yeah, needless to I, say, <laughs> I can't even imagine just the you guys know how little work I've had and so the few gigs I've had recently, which I'm very thankful for. It's the first time like I've had to wear a mask all day long, and obviously I'm willing to do so, but it's just like such a um, you know, versus a lot of other people that were going through it, like I, I just, you know, hadn't. And so just keeping a mask on, it was just such a I, I kept thinking all day long, I can't imagine people that work in healthcare and any other, you know, field that you're just wearing mask and even double masks and those N95s just like they seem very uncomfortable. And uh, so yeah, it's it's rough. It's definitely coming home and actually being able to breathe normally um, is definitely, um, you know, you take things for granted, even breathing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's uh, just so crazy. And and thank you. And I hope the foodies out there appreciate all the work that obviously healthcare workers are doing. So. So let's talk silly food movies then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving on from that. Uh, but no, we hey, we have we 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 ha- we're having our fun moments too. We're we're going to be going upstate soon. You, your uh, pa- parents have a place up in Herkimer, upstate New York. Herkimer. So, the Herkimer. <laughs> Got to look forward to those moments. I look forward to all those breweries and everything up there. Maybe some upside down. What's that pizza called? The what? It's like oh, Utica pizza. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, I, I know what it tastes like, and it's delicious. I mean, I think you and I have <laughs> talked about it on air. I'm certain you've talked about it even yourself on air uh, yeah. on Foodie Films. But yeah, I mean, interesting, interesting uh, food cuisine up there at the Mohawk Valley, and great beer. That's for sure. It's um, oh, for sure. yeah. I mean, looking forward to it definitely. Just, I just wanted to touch on though, like uh, something Nicole said that. We were really, and I say we, just being in you know the family here. I obviously didn't go through the struggle she did, but we were really fortunate that so many of these like businesses donated so much stuff. Even like after like the really really tough weeks, they kept sending stuff to the house. We kept getting fruit baskets and fruit platters <laughs> and mixed nuts sent here, and I, I benefited from it. Yes, but um, it was pretty awesome though. Like some of the wealthy families of New York and and. I don't know, even some restaurants would send some great stuff to the home as well. So, you know, just even in me and just being in like a healthcare family, I just like very thankful to them for going out of their way and doing that. Yeah, Danielle actually covered a bunch of when like there was nothing else but COVID to cover. She wanted to do some positive stories at least. So she was covering a lot of, uh, you know, restaurants, eateries, coffee like cafes just uh yeah making drinks and food to deliver to first responders and healthcare workers so yeah i remember her doing that yeah yeah and i've and i've actually started talking with some you know some people that she made uh friends with via those articles and hopefully gonna have them on so that's pretty cool yeah so good stuff with that but well brian like you said let's 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 get to the movie (laughs) because 
And as I said, as at the top of uh, this episode, this is just a I feel like a delightful movie. It you know has some dark moments, some a little like over, not I don't want to say over the top, but just some crazy moments. But that movie is the hundred foot journey. So, what do you guys? Uh, you know, I knew this. Brian said that you know this was a movie he enjoyed. Nicole, then he said the same thing for you that you guys really like this movie. What is it about this movie? When did you see it? I don't even remember, but I mean, you uh, hit me up yesterday and were like, hey, what? You know, let's do a movie. Why don't we do this one? And I thought, wow, you know, what a chance for Nicole to be on this podcast network without being on my show. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, because she really enjoys this movie. I really enjoy this movie. We enjoy this movie together. It's such a positive film. I know there are dark moments, but you know, it's just 2020. We need movies like this that are just... Oh, yeah. Some people will say it's corny, but screw them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this this is a, like a cute, fun film that movie. makes... Yeah. Yeah, feel-good movie that makes me hungry at the same time. What, oh, yeah. you know, what's more to ask for? Uh, I don't know when was the first time we saw it. I think we saw it together. Maybe on an airplane? I don't even know. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I saw it on an airplane, like on international flights going somewhere. But I can't recall when when I actually saw it. Yeah, the movie came out in 2014. I must have seen it not too long, probably like when it was playing on an HBO or something. So like a, maybe in 2015 or whatever. Um, and I, I remember liking it, thinking it was a decent film, but then for, you know, rewatching it to discuss it for this episode, I just, I liked it a lot. And not that like I was like, oh, you know, like that I didn't like it the first time. I just really it stuck with me much more this time, I guess, just because I saw it before starting this podcast. Mm -hmm. And so just knowing just having seen that many more, you know, foodie films, just it really stuck out to me this time. And it's just such a passionate movie. I love just the food passion of this movie. Yeah, I mean, especially for this podcast, this is such a foodie movie. You cover a lot of movies that have food or about food, but this is a foodie yeah. film. It's completely targeted towards the Michelin ratings. and Yeah, I forgot that aspect of it. Yeah. it. Really, I don't know if that many, you know, there are some movies that are on my list of movies we'll cover on this podcast that I haven't seen yet. So I don't know if there are others that are that really focus on the whole Michelin star aspect. But I mean that was like a subplot of this movie, but still for those that don't know what a Michelin star is, I think it really it did a decent job of explaining it and showing that it is important, but at the same time, you know, if you've got the passion of cooking, it, it isn't. Yeah. It's a feel good movie. It's the story of Hassan and his family and i mean really i mean i guess the the big the four big players in this movie are helen mirren on prairie manish Dayal, and charlotte de bon so that is uh marguerite madame mallory and madame mallory the and father. they just say papa yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> big papa yeah. and and it's so they're like the four main characters but it's about Hassan and his family immigrating from India to first the UK and then into uh, I, I like that they what they I guess took a ferry to Rotterdam and then from there went into France. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't their original place that they were going to go. They were trying to go to Switzerland first, but yeah, 
hijinks ensue. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so the movie just starts out pretty, it's just a pretty crazy story that I love seeing him walking through the market with his mom and he's telling this to what an immigration officer kind of questioning why he's coming into, uh, into Rotterdam, I guess at that point and where he learned how to be a chef. And he's like, I'm not a chef. I'm just a cook. And we see this passion that he learns from his mom and that he and his family have a restaurant and it seems to be a pretty, you know, successful restaurant where local officials go to. But then all of a sudden there's, I don't think like a government coup, but people are upset about an election. Very timely with our, with us going <laughs> right now. Yeah, like the, the some politician hosts an election party at their restaurant and they take it out in the restaurant. Yeah, and the mom gets stuck inside and and is murdered. Is it's, it's so pretty pretty dark beginning to this story. Yeah, and I didn't remember this part honestly, and I've seen this movie a million times. I just I knew the mom died. I forgot she was burned to death. Like you know, yeah, that, like they show they, they show the forget Brian. That's not what I remember <laughs> I, but, this movie. Yeah, I know that's the whole thing. The movie has such like 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 pleasurable moments to it i guess they like overweighed just like this brutal beginning to this story they even like the shot of the mom in the fire it was yeah that was really, a little disturbing yeah disturbing and very like devastating to watch like i didn't i didn't remember that part of it but just yeah the beginning of this movie just shows you just, he's a little kid and he's just so passionate and it's that what's that sea urchin oh yeah in in, in the marketplaces just watching uh, him eat that sea urchin which i don't particularly like sea urchin it Mm. it makes me want to go out and get a sea urchin and try it again (laughs) because just the way he eats it i'm just like how does this little kid understand the dynamic of eating a sea urchin he's gifted (sighs) yeah he's he's got it what is what is uh what does madame say at the end like you you have it yeah. Well, spoil, spoiler alert. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think I've only had sea urchin maybe in like at like tapas bars in in Spain. I think maybe in like Barcelona or something. Well, I we've can't had say it a couple. Had... Sorry, continue. No, no, I was gonna say I, I can't say that I've had sea urchin that many times. We've had it a couple times in New York. Um, yeah, you can get it at like sushi places. Sometimes they'll have it at Upstate. Oh, okay. I haven't been to Upstate in so long. Well, yeah. So we had fun. it, I think I had it with Lauren, our mutual friend, and uh, Nicole at uh, the John Dory, which is in the Ace Hotel. It was in the Ace Hotel. They yeah, changed it now. It they shut closed down. it, yeah. It became one of those, like, Korean, like, ice cream bar places. Yeah, I guess it wasn't doing well, but I used to love that place. Regardless, yeah, I mean, I like it. It's definitely, you know, but Nicole's right. After watching it here, I'm like, I gotta get some sea urchin somehow. <laughs> yeah. And so they live in in Mumbai in India. And, you know, there's India. I mean, number one, Indian cuisine is still a cuisine I know very little about. Like, I can't say, like, oh, these are my favorite dishes. Like, I just don't even have a good memory. Like, everything I've had, I've really enjoyed. But the the most Indian food I've had was at, like, Danielle's friend's engagement party where uh, they're both. uh, uh, I I always used to say Sikh, but it's actually, I guess, pronounced Sikh. And they uh, had, you know, just a giant buffet at an Indian catering hall. And everything I had was amazing. Mm. That but I just really, so good. Yeah. And we were supposed to go out to Los Angeles for their wedding in April. And, of course, you know, 
that that didn't happen. But well, I think there's yeah. the still. I, I think <laughs> I think it's still gonna happen like this April or May. So that's great. To look forward to. I was gonna ask you because like you don't often talk about Indian food. I mean, it's not really a cuisine that I had until I really started dating Nicole, actually. Nicole introduced me to it, and I'm not an expert. She knows more about it than I do. I usually ask her, you know, is this the thing I got last time? (laughs) Um, But, like, just before this episode, I was trying to think, like, what Indian food, like, what are my go-tos? And it's probably, like, just, like, poppy Indian food in terms of, like, nothing like a a real lover of Indian food. Like, oh, Brian, those are the obvious things. That's like saying chicken fingers, probably. But... (laughs) But, you know, I, I love paneer. paneer That's the one with the cheese, right? So paneer is actually cheese. Um, it's um, very soft, and it really takes on the flavor of, like, the actual dish, I would say. So it's kind of like a sponge. Okay. It's almost – I don't want to, like, compare it to tofu. No, but um, it, it acts the same almost yeah. as tofu. Imagine, like, tofu cubes, but of cheese. And they're absorbing the flavor, whether it's that be like so masala good. or, yeah. or uh, curry or yeah. tamarind, um, even like anything. Um, oh God, the, what a, what a land of spices, right? Uh, oh yeah. Another thing I'm I a, like. Sorry, continue. No, I was. Just, I'm ashamed at the lack of my knowledge because Jersey City, like I knew, like not too far from me in Journal Square, like they call it, like you know, little India, just a row of at least 20 Indian restaurants. And actually just recently, uh, in via CNN travel, uh, article, I've actually been talking to the, uh, the writer, Brad Jaffney. I'm probably going to have him on the podcast. And he wrote about, uh, you know, the, it was like the, t- the article title was best Indian food in the U S question mark, New Jersey. And then it was all what? about Jer- Jer- Jersey city having like the best Indian food. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And yeah. I knew that, yeah, Definitely and I knew I knew it. I knew that we had a lot of Indian restaurants, but like, I, I so point being, yeah, I'm pretty ashamed that I haven't. I've been to like <laughs> one in my three year, almost three years living here. So actually, um, didn't you ask me to start dating after we ate Indian food? Yeah, we had Indian in Montclair. We had Indian food in Montclair. Wow. Very important in our relationship. Yeah, actually, that's like ten, almost ten years ago, in about a month. So. Indian food Ooh. was the beginning of the relationship. Well, it wasn't our first date that was, it was Cuban. No, food, it was but, Cuban food, but. but it was the beginning of us being official, Facebook official. <laughs> wink, wink. Ten years ago, that mattered. <laughs> that mattered. Um, wow. Yeah. So you know, Indian food is very important to us, but I, we definitely have to check out some of the places in Jersey City. I mean, this area has such great Indian food. Like you know. Uh, the Indian food in Manhattan, Murray Hill, of course, they call it Curry Hill with all those <laughs> yeah, restaurants. Curry Hill. Yeah, Curry uh, Hill. Queens has some really good Indian food. Yeah, we had really good Indian food in Queens. But it's I just to... like the be- the best food is just in Queens. There's just so many different cuisines. I would there. say the most authentic to the land it's from is in Queens. You know, because mm-hmm. so many you know countries are represented there. There's like a street for everyone in Queens. And yeah, I mean, so I definitely agree with that. But I was going to say, I mean, and Nicole, I think you agree with me. The best, because we've never been to India, you know, would love to go, but we've never been. The best Indian food we've ever had in the world had to be in London. Oh my God. The Indian oh food in God. London was amazing. We went to this, like, I don't know. We went like to a couple. Fine dining Indian food um, joint. And it was just like, I, I can't even explain. It, it was just like, 
melt in your mouth absolutely delicious and the cocktails that went with it was like so good do you remember the name of that oh place? i wish i knew I'll, I'll look it on my map but it was in a i think it was in notting hill it was oh. so good wow yeah Wait, next time it? you're in london kyle please have <laughs> i'm serious yeah no i know i and it's a shame it was that i mean i had really good i went to i know you recommended a fish and chip place in notting hill that was like one of the oh, better ones mm. and i and i and i went there and i also picked up some uh, portobello uh gin while i was in notting nice. hill nice. but i had um I had I had Indian food in the Camden Markets. That's where gotcha. There was a good probably there was good there. So many great eateries there. But th- this getting back to the the movie. Wait, I didn't this finish is... telling you the Indian food I like. I wrote a list. Oh, okay. Out. I'm sorry. Go, no, no, no. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go quick. So I'll always have naan. I love naan. The naan is the best bread so in the world. So what me. kind of naan do you like? Do you like me? the plain or do you like garlic? Because I, oh, like, I like more garlic, garlic the better. I like garlic naan. I like both. Um, chicken tikka. That's good. Samosas, I like. Oh, yes, I love samosas. Samosas are so yeah. good. Vegetarian samosas are d- delicious. But my favorite thing, maybe, and it's not an Indian food, but it's a drink, and that's the mango lassi. Have you had a mango lassi, Kyle? I can't say that I have. It's crack. It's amazing. It's like a, it's like a <laughs> mango yogurt drink, and it's so good. So just wanted to get a plug out there for Mango Lassies. We can continue talking about the movie, but I need to, t- <laughs> no, I need no, to mention no. that. Well, no, just thinking of uh, of Indian food, I guess I, I, not the last time I had Indian food, but when Danielle and I were in Lisbon, it's actually one of the places that uh, Phil Rosenthal went to. And it's, the place is called like Jesus of Goa. And he's, because mm-hmm. he's part Portuguese and part Indian. And uh, yeah, the food there was just outstanding just like a combo of indian and portuguese food yeah so, i've heard it's really good in, go in is like the italian riviera of india well Goa was owned by portugal that's why yeah a lot of italians like to vacation there i would actually like to go there yeah and that's the, that's why i was gonna kind of say before with getting back to the movie this is one of those movies also kind of like i feel like brian one of your favorite films darjing limited that Ooh, you yeah. watch and you're like, I got to get to India versus there's some other movies that then just, you know, just really make it not look like a desirable place to visit. Like, I know the cuisine's fantastic. You know, I, obviously, I'm sure obviously I could say the same thing about plenty of American films showing you, like, why would you ever want to go to Detroit or plenty of movies showing you <laughs> not to go to New York even. Yeah, uh, like Mean Streets. <laughs> but yeah but that's just i feel like it's very uh one side or the other when a movie presents india and by all means i mean not that we spend a lot of time in india in this movie but at least the cuisine it really highlights and makes you i mean it's putting it up against french cuisine that's a big plot of the film just like them ending up in france and going up against one of the most classic cuisines unlike them papa saying we have the most classic it's it's like the oldest civilization in india of the six things that i actually wrote down for this (laughs) i actually wrote french versus indian food yeah because that's like the first hour of the movie almost it's a it's so they're at war and you don't think that they seem such so different you know like uh indian food is very colorful a lot of spices a lot of just it's just different looking. French food yeah. is very refined, you know, lines. Buttery. Everything's buttery. Everything's almost has to be a different kind of perfect, you know. 
Um, I don't want to skip another thing you have written on your notepad, Nicole, and I thought it was a shrewd observation by you. Do, do you remember how they wind up in France, Kyle? They wind up in France because what? while they're driving through the Alps, their brakes break? Uh, yeah. Do you remember that happening to us not too long ago? Well, that was long ago, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like five years ago. Six years yes. ago. Kyle, you almost killed us, but saved I us didn't. in, in a... <laughs> I guess I was equally responsible as equally, like in both cases of almost killing, but then saving. Saving us, yes. Yeah. With your swift moves, you were able to um, save our lives. And Brian, you could tell the story of how we almost died. I mean, I'll, I'll be quick with it. It's it <laughs> not related to uh, the film, except for the fact that they have a van and you had a van. Uh, but we were out in the North Fork, which I'm sure, and I know you've talked about on this show, going out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were wine tasting and you had a van at the time and you were generous enough to drive a couple of our friends and we were driving back and almost getting back to the house we stay at. You were going down a hill and someone cut you off and you had to slam the brakes really hard. Yes. So I guess when you slam the brakes really hard on your, you know, your van, it must have cut the brake line because when you continued down the hill after releasing the brakes, there were no more brakes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> And yes. yeah, we had to go into a, not a controlled slide that implies like the van, you know, tipped over or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I it know. wasn't nearly as bad as the van and seeing the Alps. Like, the, the, <laughs> no, that would have been the, that, cooler. That descent, like, I was even watching this. I'm like, I know they survived, but I was like, oh my god, like just seeing. <laughs> I, I don't do well with heights, so that was bothering me. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but we just wanted to bring that that mutual story we have, and it is yeah. a foodie story because we were coming it back is, from wine tasting. Yeah, wine tasting and oyster, oyster eating and uh, all that. Um, but I, just, I just want to say how much about like as far as we're talking our notes one of the earliest notes i took was a specific line of just him what he's learning from his mom because like you're saying brian with french food it's just so you know it's minimal ingredients like you can really it's really you know obviously cooked to perfection but you can really dissect what flavors are in there versus there's just so many flavors in indian food so many spices and what I think he's saying about his mom in the beginning, or maybe his mom says to him, an education for all of the senses, which I feel like with Indian food is a big case because Indian food is also can be a lot of finger food. So you've got touch there. Obviously, you've got smell, you've got taste, you've got sight, all the colors. It really is just so much for like all of the senses. Yeah, and they appreciate it. Like something in this movie that I really noticed was that the French food, it was almost like the meat or the vegetable was the palate, and you use stuff to spice it or whatever you want to call it, right? But mm-hmm. with the Indian food, a lot of their dishes, like the spice was the star, and like almost like the, like we were saying with paneer or tofu or whatever they want to use, right? Like it was to like suck up spice or like appreciate the spice more. Like in, uh, the dad's talking about that, you know? Like there's a lot of just like, Things where you, the, the point is for you to dip the bread in them rather than, you know, marinating, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's almost like the opposite of philosophies with a lot of stuff. Like, also, one of the things that the dad had saved from when they were in India was his entire spice kit. So it's almost like um, 
you know, it it encompasses everything that they're, um, I guess, trying to put forward in their meals, mm-hmm. um, if that's a good way of saying it. Yeah, and it's amazing. There's so many of these spices, like more than we can even count. And then the French cuisine, it doesn't make it better or worse, but the French cuisine is based on, what, how many mother sauces? Five. Five. Yeah, five Five. mother sauces, which is like, again, so the opposite. So I found that, like, the juxtaposition fascinating. Obviously, they're, like, playing it up because of the movie. But, yeah, I mean, still, like, it's amazing because they're both focused on, how can I put it? You know, like, their art form. Both of them are doing an art form. It's just a very different kind of art form. Yeah, I think the movie does a really good job painting a picture of both cuisines and just even when so when the family uh ends up in france and the van is getting fixed and marguerite is there and is very kind to them and brings them into her home and just makes that lovely platter for them yeah can we talk about that cheese plate (laughs) (laughs) like it's what every everything is everything is local it's like just the not even just it's backyard to table it's not even farm to table <laughs> yeah. it's just like it's olive oil that her aunt makes every year she made the bread the she's like oh the cow is outside that made the you know the, the cheese comes from <laughs> and they and they love it even the i love what the dad says he's like oh just to let you know like my family's silence right now is probably contemplating if we died in that car crash or not because everything's just so delicious <laughs> but it's just not obviously what they usually experience with their with their cooking yeah i mean like i like uh you know later in the movie when the kids i forgot what they try it just might be like beef or something like that i forgot well, what like, it is uh what is beef bouillon right or yeah and they're like oh, Ugh. So good. <laughs> <laughs> oh because yeah because they because they're like oh was this cooked in wine and they're like Ugh, uh, french yeah. food french food <laughs> right away i mean the, there's a very you know just what I always think about when I think of Indian culture and Indian cuisine, a lot of spiritualness to it. And the dad is very spiritual. He says he still talks to, you know, his deceased wife and she's telling him, you know, this happened for a reason, break the brakes broke for a reason. And they see this restaurant. And of course this restaurant is right across the street, about a hundred feet. Which is the most unbelievable thing. I didn't, I, that, that, why wouldn't, this movie should be called Something Meters. I didn't do the math, but that should I, be the. I think it's a book, and I think it's not a French book, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so this, they're right across the street. They, the dad is just in communication with his wife, and she wants them to stay there and open up this restaurant that is right across the street from this one-star Michelin award-winning restaurant that is run by Helen Mirren, uh, who you said before plays Madame Mallory, who we also learn has taken over this place after her uh, husband has passed away. And she is a stickler. She oh, is. yeah. She's the ultimate Karen. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she is not kind in the beginning whatsoever, very, I think what, you know, what the cliches of French people, what people think, uh, and <laughs> doesn't like this family. I think, you know, obviously there's 
the immigrant side of it. There's the culture side of it. The music being played but loud. The I feel colors. like that's not why she doesn't like them, though. I feel like if anyone moved there, because they lead yeah. that there was like another restaurant there, and she essentially like did the same thing to them and had them kicked out. It's uh, almost like she doesn't want to have the challenge. Yeah, she doesn't. I mean, yeah, she, the competition. She's just very, sniffing yeah. out competition. She's just very comfortable with her being there and basically owning the restaurant and nobody else can touch her because she's the only restaurant there for like how many miles or but i wouldn't even say comfortable this is not like it's like a denny's or something like she loves that top spot she loves just she's just so competitive i would imagine she got even more competitive after her husband died and she's just all about like just owning it she's already at least kicked one person out but there is like immigrant um, anti-immigrant connotations, but I think that's more from like her, her staff. Her staff, because yeah. the the mayor at one point when she's complaining to the mayor about the music, he says like there are a lot of people in this town who uh, don't like them for you know uh, the wrong reasons. You know, you don't want to be one of them or something along those lines. Yeah, she, you don't want to be sympathize with them. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to sympathize with them. So that to me told me like she's not like necessarily a racist. She's just like. Anyone could have moved in there. I think it would piss her off even more if it was a French restaurant. I think she just looks down on Indian food for sure, but not a racist way. She just thinks she's the best in the world. Yeah, she's definitely she's very competitive. She's uptight, and I mean, you've got if you got Dame Helen Mirren, she's playing this role, this character phenomenally, and I love then the foil that becomes in like her and Papa and their relationship. <laughs> I mean, they really, there's nothing against the two younger actors that play uh, Hassan and Marguerite. They're, they're very good, but I think Papa and uh, Madame, they just really just, th- those actors really help carry the story and carry the film. Where, where's Papa from again? Like the actor? Where's, like, or the... What's he's in, he's like, in what's... other movies, right? Yeah, I feel like uh, wasn't wasn't he in uh, something that we've kind of watched recently? Wasn't he in Charlie Wilson's War, Brian? Yes, that's what he was in because I knew we talked about him recently. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think when they go to Egypt, yeah, he, no, Egypt he's like point? Pakistani. In the okay, movie. but I thought okay, he's like the Pakistani uh, prime minister. Yes, so he was in that's as far as something we've watched recently. But I know, that, yeah, he is he's he's a character actor and has been. A bunch of different films and TV shows, uh, but yeah, I I love the way that they just their relationship and how it unfolds. To me, it's more interesting than even like Hassan and Marguerite. That- um, I think theirs is like certainly cuter, you know, uh, Hassan it- and Marguerite. I think yeah, it is well, more interesting because we're talking about like really legendary actors. And also, you kind of almost expect that Hassan and Marguerite will end up together, but. You know, you don't really think that, like, the uh, father and Madame Mallory will ever kind of, like, become romantically involved, um, which they kind of do, I guess, at the end, which I just gave away a little bit. But, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler. Um, But, yeah, you don't really expect it. So that's another good twist in in the movie. Yeah, you'd think that, obviously, you, you see her becoming 
warmer to them and definitely besides the mom dying in the beginning the craziest part of this movie is that I get the staff I like I don't do you, do you think it was definitely her uh like chef de cuisine like the head chef over there or did he do you think he just knows the people that went over and ended up throwing molotov cocktails crazy inside this restaurant I feel like he definitely was involved in some way mm-hmm. um I don't know if he would necessarily um do it but I wouldn't it wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him. I think it I think he was definitely the ringleader there because I think, you know, that's the way this movie is. It's pretty formulaic, but I don't care. I, I like formulaic in this case, so I wouldn't be shocked if it was him himself or if he doesn't know he definitely paid people to do it because I mean, I, I think that's why Helen Miram feels guilty and she's washing the wall because she knew she's like riled up her troops she was you know it's not yeah, 100% yeah. her fault like she didn't want it to go that far but still she had she is to blame for some of it yeah she says to Jean-Pierre who is the you know the head chef she says to him before that Molotov cocktail scene happened like oh you'd make such a good soldier so she kind of like I guess he just took that literally she, and she then invoked war yeah, and they, yeah, they were saying they're at war, but yeah, Jean-Pierre just goes, and I am assuming he's one of, I guess there's like two or three guys over there, but the the fact that they, okay, they want this business to be destroyed and them to get out, like, I, I, I don't know, just the fact of fucking Molotov cocktails, that really... I think they were more racist than Helen Mirren, you know? Oh, yeah. Because Definitely. he says like, oh, they opened up on Bastille Day, he's like really offended, he's like a, fr- <laughs> he's like a French national. <laughs> yeah, you're right you're right and hassan then of course get you know goes out or he's coming back he was uh out late and talking with marguerite and when he comes back he catches them and he gets his hands burned so he can't cook for a while but then that's that's when the story when helen mirin really you know realizes like i mean she fires uh jean pierre she like you said she goes over she starts scrubbing off the graffiti and she starts warming up to to the to the you know to the family and actually what hassan ends up we learn earlier in the film that marguerite says uh if she wants to hire somebody she doesn't interview them all she does is have them cook an omelet for her and so he has to cook an omelet for her and she has to kind of cook it cook it for him in the way that he wants to make an omelet like he doesn't you know cook it her way she she's very uh reluctant to put all these spices and flavors into this omelet and she tries it and and absolutely loves it after lying to him and saying she didn't like that pigeon dish which is very very wrong of her yeah and he's uh he's picked up a lot of french cooking techniques from uh what's her name marguerite yeah the books yeah. that she's the books her. and even some direct stuff too and then this omelet scene maybe this is like the most uh hallmark moment of the film or one <laughs> of them right like where it's like he's just telling <laughs> helen miram what to do but it is great and that omelet looked amazing do you think you'd pass helen miram's omelet test kyle uh no i <laughs> would have such anxiety i uh actually talking with uh Dan Ferrara recently, a guest of both both of our podcasts, and a good friend of ours, obviously, he was saying he has become a master of making omelets, and so I uh, was intrigued by that, and I, t- I I told him to watch. There's a episode of the Chef Show where 
John Favreau has to, cooks a an omelet for Wolfgang Puck, and it's like the most stressful. I've never felt more stre- stressed out in my life watching John Favreau make an omelet for Wolfgang Puck. And at one point, he was even he was going to use like a Teflon spatula. And he's like, no, no plastic. And just Wolfgang Puck is just being the the sturdy Austrian that he is is uh, <laughs> terrifying making an omelet for. Her. So definitely, at least Ma- uh, Madame Mallory, may- maybe maybe Helen Mirren. I think she would be kinder than Madame Mallory. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would fare well on that. And I thought it was interesting that you and I have covered a movie with a key frittata scene, and now we've covered a movie with a key omelet scene. Yes, Big Night. So good. That came up in my last episode uh, with Lauren of Riverview Wine. She loves 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 that movie and that last scene. That's just such a perfect scene uh, in Big Night. And, and it, actually, I'd, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be remiss if I, the last movie episode that I did was the uh it was called the the cook the thief his wife and her lover and the wife in the movie the act the lead actress in the movie is helen mirren so two helen mirren food films in a row it's a very the, different movie though yes I, very- I, yes I, you did galen <laughs> howard as a guest um but i was gonna say another kyle connection here nicole and i have seen helen mirren speak actually oh. and it was at my brother's graduation in tulane in new orleans a city you love that's awesome. And yeah, it was great. I, and I believe her stepson owns the burlesque club in New Orleans, uh, One Eye Jacks, which is a uh, Twin Peaks themed burlesque club. So a lot of, uh, oh, lot of wow. intersection there. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I never, I've never been to One Eye Jacks. It's a lot of oh. fun. <laughs> so do you guys have a favorite scene from this movie? All of them, so let's talk about all of them. (laughs) No, no, I mean, for me, I love when he starts working there and the tension uh, at the the French restaurant. But when he earns that Michelin star, or I should say the restaurant, the French restaurant earns that second Michelin star when he's there for just six months. I think that's so awesome, like the 7 o'clock phone scene. And that's when, like, Papa opens the champagne bottle because he doesn't think it's going to happen. You know, he's like, whatever. And they get that call, and they have the second star. It's just so emotional. Oh, yeah. she Yeah, she's just so by the book that she's been saving this, what, they got their last Michelin star 30 years ago or something like that? Something and, like that. Something crazy. And, yeah, a while ago. Multiple decades ago. And so she's been saving this champagne since then. And, you know, it's right around 7 o'clock and he's just saying, these people are cruel. They're making you wait. And, you know, it's a mon- <laughs> It's always on Mondays at 7 p.m. And he just, yeah, he pops open that champagne bottle. And that's just, that's just the perfect, just showing, like, the two different type of people that they are. But at that point, they've just... Their relationship has grown, and they've definitely become, you know, I think at one point, I think this the other son, right? Because I like the other son, the oldest son. I like him. He's Is so he, awkward. He... <laughs> yeah, and that's the whole thing. It's a family affair. There, it's what there's. So there's three sons and two daughters, and they're all cooking yeah. and chopping food and stirring yeah. the sauce and everything like that. I just love the son is like um, I would call him kind of like the business manager. I think one of the daughters is more of like well, remember they, they end up dressing her up 
Oh my god! So that you could like bring guys in. It's oh like yeah, over. To, yeah. Uh, to get. <laughs> but let like, me she, pimp out my daughter so we can get people to come to my restaurant. She, she does a lot too. Um, I, I guess you know, I don't know, Nicole, if this is one of your favorite scenes too. But my other favorite scene early on, before we get to like the Paris stuff, which I definitely want to talk about, is just the whole. It's like two scenes, right? It's first when Helen Miram buys all the stuff on the first day oh, yeah. at the market so they have to travel to a different town to get oh, all this God. stuff and, yeah. and they end up like bringing like get the ice get the ice i love that scramble of just like the panic when they get to the market then having to go to another town bringing that food back and still making it and yeah. like shoving it you know in her face essentially like oh we still did it i feel like that's a very you scene brian because like you're like always <laughs> such a procrastinator that i feel like this is something that you would probably um, get involved in. Well, a- accomplish something that everyone says is impossible, probably. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a great scene because, yeah, she just, it, all, all the stakes are, you know, <laughs> against them. And so, you know, she, yeah, she buys out all that food at that market. It doesn't even look like she's going to pick it up. She just purchased it just to really screw them over and they have to drive 50 kilometers away and they get back and they're just in such a rush and that's when he even says they're supposed to cook one dish a certain way and he's like oh we're gonna have to cook it in wine and the older brother's like in wine (laughs) you know like he's like that's what we have to do we have to adapt yeah which is just a really this, this i mean this movie is also a really good movie about fusion and just different cuisines coming together. Like I said before, the Portuguese and the Goa. So you've got like the French and the, uh, I mean, I'm sure. So they're from Mumbai. So that must be, a, you know, obviously a specific cuisine uh, from from India. And it's just, it's beautiful in that sense. And to get to, you know, other scenes in this movie, it is it is a very... It has a good pace to it. It's just about two hours long, I believe. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I just and it has, to, it has it's very segmented in a way. The story for sure. I, I didn't want. I don't want you to forget though that uh, Papa plays the trick back on Helen Miram and takes oh, all, all the her, pigeons. Her food yeah, with the pigeons. So I just wanted yeah. to mention that. But yeah, I mean, uh, you're absolutely right. Like as we move on, like the pace is great and the settings changes and stuff. But Nicole, did we miss any of? I didn't want to cut you off. Did we miss any of your favorite scenes until we get to Paris and stuff? I think I just have like a bunch of little favorite scenes. Like, um, what was it? Um, when Papa, when they first get to France and they have to get the hotel room. And he uh, is asking for a discount. And his older (laughs) son was just like, absolutely not. And then he says, asking for a discount doesn't mean I'm poor. It means I'm thrifty. And I was like, this guy is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, he's like, I'm not. Yeah, early on, he says the cheap thing. But yeah, he says it to, yeah, I think Helen Mirren, right? When she's like, oh, I heard. You know, that just, you, you can tell for a discount. Yeah, that you asked for a discount. It's because this is a, just a small town, like a French village. I don't know how far it is from others, like what, you know, is the closest city and everything like that. It seems like Paris is a good ways away. You know, it's definitely, it's a train ride. Um, but it's just interesting that you've got this one Michelin star restaurant. And then also there's definitely cafes in this little town. But the big restaurants, you've got this Michelin star one, and they open up the other one right across the street. Uh, have yeah. you guys ever eaten at a Michelin star? 
restaurant? Yes, we have in uh, Spain. It, it was good. It was good. Uh, I don't remember the name, but it was in a very old school style one. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, I really want to eat at, you know, that's why you need to talk to our good friends who we know their names, but they eat, at, uh, <laughs> you know, Lauren and Eric eat at those restaurants all the time. So, I mean, I've asked them about that kind of stuff and yeah. it astonishes me. The one we ate at, it was with them in Spain. It was good. Trust me. It was really good. Did but- we eat a couple though? Cause the one place was like the truffle place. So we ate, um, like truffle pairings with our dishes yeah it was good it was very good like i i you know highly recommend it but it wasn't like eric has told me about somewhere i'm like oh my god like i can't believe they prepare the meals like that things that are very akin to stuff we see later when he's in paris, in paris and that like yeah. molecular gastronomy restaurant what does the guy say innovation <laughs> yeah innovation he's like it's no longer cooking it's science like it's just like i felt like i was watching a car commercial <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, like, we've eaten at Michelin restaurants that are, like, the Helen Miram's place. I've never, and I don't think you have ever, Nicole, eaten at one that's, like, that like that kind of Michelin restaurant where they're just, like, changing the game, yeah. you know? I feel like I wouldn't even know what to do with myself there. <laughs> I'd be yeah. so awkward. <laughs> oh, I'd be so awkward and so overwhelmed. Uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't. I, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know where to begin. I'd feel like such a buffoon, like, unless it's, like, a fixed menu kind of thing. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah, it usually <laughs> is. Honestly, Michelin restaurants are usually, like, of that caliber, are usually fixed menu. You eat what's on the menu. Or there might be three menus, and you eat what's on the menu of the three menus. Um, but, you know, they're like that. Like, I sound ignorant to it. I'm sure you probably have guests who know more than me, but some of them are literally, like, pop the balloon and breathe what's in here. You know, like, <laughs> which just makes me think of uh, there's that Parks and Rec episode oh, yeah. where like, the, the guys cream. celebrate all their bachelor parties. Yeah. And, and Aziz Ansari's is at this club. And yes, yeah, one of them's a cream. One of them's just a gas. I forget. Yeah. But, but like that gas thing is based on real. Though. I don't know if I've never seen the cream thing. Maybe that's true. But a lot of it is what they say is like ice creams. Like they make ice creams of like veal you know like oh yeah yeah later on the film when they're reading the magazine it's a or art an article or something like that it's a cauliflower ice cream yeah Yeah, which isn't as which is crazy but it's not as crazy there there are some crazy ice cream varieties that i know that they do at these places but it's what that guy said at that restaurant it's like it's about getting the senses to remember like ratatouille style right almost the opposite though getting the senses to remember pleasant memories and it, it that restaurant looks like a laboratory it's like amazing to me i'd love oh, to be able to go to one like that one day I, again i would be so overwhelmed i wouldn't even know what was happening but just to experience that just <laughs> higher level it's almost the modern art of cooking yeah, yeah, just so, like you said, he says, he repeats innovation over and over again. He's like, the beast likes innovation. Like, it's, just so, <laughs> it's just another world of food that I know nothing about and definitely hope to discover. But, I mean, that that comes with a, you know, you got to have some deep pockets if you want to yeah. continuously eat at Michelin star restaurants, especially multiple uh, star, you know, Michelin star restaurants. Isn't one of the restaurants that's Michelin star in, in New York an Indian restaurant? Yes. Um, What's that one called? It starts with a J. Um, Janu. Oh, yeah. Yep. I was looking Janu. at a list of Michelin star uh, New York restaurants before because I know, sad fact, New Jersey has none. 
New Jersey is known? Wow. Yeah. I had Chef Robbie Felice on, who was nominated for one this year, but didn't get to the, uh, I think, the final process. But still a very, a very amazing accomplishment on his behalf. But one day, New Jersey, one day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's certainly, certainly um, in the cards. I know what's tricky about the Michelin Guide is like it doesn't cover the entire United States. There's no like, this is again something I've learned from mutual friends, Lauren and Eric, that uh, they only do, I think, LA, New York maybe or maybe it's california i don't know but like there's no michigan star restaurant in kansas city even though they might have the best restaurant because they're just not sending the people there so it is kind of screwed up in that way but i think new jersey if it's close to new york it'll count so Mm -hmm. there's definitely a shot interesting yeah that would be i mean it's a shame that they don't go to more areas just because obviously there's a lot of uh great cuisines all over the u.s and uh I'd, I'd be curious if like you know just even knowing random places like uh iowa and the, the fact that they have the largest basque population like, <laughs> i didn't know that that's crazy that's yeah that's new to me i but didn't know that michelin is also very like i'm not an expert in this i can't t- talk about it but like if you and i are giving out michelin stars kyle like franklin's in austin is getting a michelin star you know <laughs> but that's not that's not uh you know it's not a. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't qualify there's also requirements i think we've talked about this but what's the pizza place we go to in brooklyn nicole um roberta's oh roberta's yeah, right like i i believe correct me if i'm wrong but i believe roberta's they wanted to like show they could earn a michelin star so they like cornered off a corner of the restaurant and made it reservations and table and stuff and like served like the same pizza and got a michelin star or something like that um, but oh, it's, wow, it's, okay. it technically has a different name. Uh, you know, there's there's <laughs> yeah, nuances. A lot of guidelines, yeah. Yeah, there's nuances to this that I can't even begin to understand. Like, this, it, it's not a, my forte at all. But I am fascinated by it. Like, it's something that's, like, I've always just, like, I'd be obsessed with it if I was, like, a chef of fine cuisine. We'll put it that way. I get it. I get, like, why it matters to them in this movie. It's like, it's like winning an Oscar. Once you're at that level, you know, you're award-chasing Oh, definitely. And that and that's what the, you know, Madame Mallory has been doing for at least 30 years at that point. I'm sure even longer than that because, you know, they I don't think it was a not a lack of a better word, a fluke, but maybe maybe they weren't being as competitive when they got their first one, but then yeah, especially after you get your first one, uh I think it's uh Marguerite says early on, you know, if you're one, you're really good. If you're two, you are like end all amazing of your three you're a god God, yeah (laughs) absolutely and like just the idea oh my god of that and by the way i didn't mention in this film but something else i've learned through my conversations with people who are luckier than i and go to more michelin star restaurants but you could lose a michelin star so just because you get one doesn't mean you keep it forever if like your cuisine goes downhill or like the chef leaves and they can't replicate what the Michelin star experience was, they could take it away from you. Hmm. I, like I wonder how that in Ratatouille. <laughs> I don't think Ratatouille <laughs> references Michelin stars, but, but not yeah. necessarily, but it's kind of like assumed, you know? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. That, the, that, that restaurant I'm blanking out. It's, it's Gusteau's. That yeah. It go, yeah. That it goes down after, you know, him. And then he dies. Yeah. After. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has all Without those. Spoiler on Ratatouille. 
did ratatouille already. I did. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a that well, might be you know the number one foodie film of all time. We, you know, there's on on some polls. It's a well, great Kyle, one. you and yes. I have to talk another rodent film. We won't talk yet, but it is on my list. <laughs> we'll hunt for that one. <laughs> but Nicole, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I'll, I'll tell you after. I'll tell you off air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, the film does a good job for those who don't know what a Michelin star is and just between even, not even the, the two youngest siblings, but just the importance of it and highlights that. But that is interesting that you say that you can lose one because then I'm curious. So, you know, the uh, what, what what's the name? I wrote it down. The name of the restaurant is, um, hmm, where did I write that? Oh, Le Sol... Uh, Plurier, Plurier. Uh, Which one is that? The one in Paris? No, or the no, one? the the Not one in Mallory. Yeah. Okay, okay. Gotcha. And it, it, in in uh, translated, it means the Weeping Willow. I was curious. Oh. What it meant. Um, mm. And so you know they've had the one for like thirty years. Then they finally they get this second one. He's only like you said. He's only been there for six months, and it really is on his shoulders that they get it. So I, I'd be curious, you know, with in the real world, with real restaurants, uh, in, in that situation where you've had one for a long time and you've kept up the cuisine to a standard of that original Michelin star, but then some a new chef comes in and kind of creates new flavors and new dishes and you get a Michelin star for that. Like, if you're going to lose one, do they specifically say that, like, oh, you lost the first one or the second one? Like, does it get <laughs> No, no. Like you have to go back to the basics. It's a guidebook, right? Yeah. So you, to be even in the Michelin Guide is a big deal. And there's a lot of restaurants in the Michelin Guide. Uh, so if you're in – it's the most prestigious guidebook in the world. It's the oldest. And, oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. A tire company. Oldest, oldest food, yeah. Guide. Oh. So – if you get one star, it just shows the one star next to it. It's not like we're taking away that first star, you know. It's like mm-hmm. a, you know, it's like a, you know, if you're a two-star restaurant, you're a two-star. If you're a three-star, you're a three-star. They don't say like, oh, well, you lost that second star, really, because, <laughs> I mean, one can infer, but it doesn't really matter, you know. It's just. Well, I guess it would only matter in the sense of if you wanted to know, if you're going there, which, you know, cuisine, not cuisine, but which dishes are the better ones there at that point. If, yeah. if no, but it's not like, okay. For, yeah, but it's not like if you have one star and you completely change the menu a hundred percent and it's better, you're not losing that first star because the cuisine changed. You might get two stars on that. Okay. It's just yeah, it's just like how good are you? It's not like you earn this star. It's not like a merit badge for like Boy Scouts, you know. It's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I see, I see. So it's not like that. Yeah, they got one that's in French cuisine, then the next going to be in Indian yeah. cuisine. Yeah, yeah. It's not like that. No, it's just like oh my god, you've made this actually better. You are two stars now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Okay, I mean, I don't know if we're going scene by scene or whatever, but I, I don't know if you notice that. I mean, spoiler alert, he he's really miserable in Paris, despite being, like, a celebrity chef there. Like, he's even on, like, Yeah, even hot, with the la- hot in the kitchen, yeah. hot with the ladies. Or he gets stopped when walking to take a picture. Yeah, he must be, like, one of the most 
greatest, most famous chefs in the world without a TV show. Because, like, yeah. <laughs> the fact that he stopped so much. Like, because there's, like, big chefs in New York, and maybe I know their names. I wouldn't know their faces when I saw them walking down the street, you know? But it's fun yeah. for this movie. Well, we did see Bobby Flay at Yeah, but Bobby Flay is a show. I know, but, like, sometimes I, I feel like I could see somebody like... Um, like Giada. Yeah, but she has a show. She has a show. But like if I'm literally walking on the street, I don't know if I would actually like stop her and be like, oh my God, can I get a picture with you? Well, no, you don't like Giada. I hate her. <laughs> but that's what the French do because they're such foodies. True. Maybe, maybe, True. you know, you're just like in France. If you're a top chef in Paris, <laughs> you're a celebrity. But, you know, he's miserable and he decides to go home to his hometown. Well, that's not his hometown, you know, his adopted hometown. Mm-hmm. And... He decides, well, he makes a deal, right, with Madame to buy the restaurant. Then he makes a side deal with, uh, what's the French lady? Marguerite. Marguerite. Marguerite, yeah. Like that they're going to co, you know, they're in love. They're in love again. And <laughs> and they're uh, going to co-run the restaurant together. And they're both going to be kind of head chef and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Um, but I think one of my favorite parts is the fact that, and it's a feel-good moment, because he's getting a call about a Michelin star that he's probably winning for his Paris restaurant that he just left. Yeah. And he's wants to earn that third star for the rest. What, what, what was the restaurant's name? Sorry, the Weeping Willow. Yeah. Let's just say the Weeping Willow. <laughs> so, instead of butchering the French <laughs> so, pronunciation. So this movie is about three stars in, in a sense that he will now have three personal stars if he earns that third star back at that restaurant. And the restaurant will have three stars already. So it's like the next star will be a huge achievement for him and the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is crazy. You know, we, we have that moment after they win the second star and they're just like, the world knows you're a chef now. And, you know, two star restaurants are going to be calling, looking to get their third. And I mean, the Paris part is definitely we're in the third act at this point. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we see he's upset. And is that is that another is that just like a, a worker at the restaurant or in the hotel? Like, are oh, they kind of also in a hotel? Scene. Like that scene, too. No, it's another it's another worker at the restaurant. Yeah. An employee of the restaurant. And oh, he, then just, he brings the food that his wife that made. his wife cooks. And he's like, yeah, well, he's just like, that's why I was just a little confused because he's like, my wife's a, even a better cook than me. Like, unless he's just being really humble. I don't know if I would say that to the head chef if I'm cooking in his restaurant. No, but I think, I again, I think he's being humble. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, and also, yeah. he's seeing that he's, like, enjoying it, you know? Like, uh, I think he's seeing that, like, he it's re- it's really connecting with him, and he's just like, yeah, my wife's exactly. better than me. And it, and it goes back to something that's being said early in the film with, uh, between Hassan and Marguerite, is that food is memories. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, I haven't had this dish in such a long time. You just, he's just, he's weeping. Hassan is weeping because it's just reminding him of his mother, of his family, you know, back in the, in the smaller town in France. Uh, just so many feelings and it's just all those memories. It's just such a beautiful moment. And that's what really, you know, brings him to, you know, to go back to his family and I guess call uh, Madame Mallory and set this deal with her because at this point she's also moving on and she has this, you know, that she's kind of girlfriend to Papa at this point and is they're taking their dancing lessons and they're going to the mar- uh, markets together and picking mushrooms. Uh. <laughs> is that a euphemism, Kyle? No, it's not at all. 
um, yeah, Link I mean, I, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a, it's such a positive feel good ending. Um, have you covered Chocolat on this? Oh my god! On this, I have, uh, I have with Joe too, and it is the same director. Yeah, I was gonna say same director and really the same feel. Like when I looked that up today, I'm like, oh, same director. That makes a lot of sense, right? <laughs> it does. Just I mean, the whole French countryside village thing alone, definitely. Provence. Yeah. <laughs> There's no Johnny Depp in this movie, though. But there is. Uh, Hassan's I a guess... pretty good-looking guy, though. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, he's a good-looking guy, and so is uh, Marguerite. And they even, like you said, then they they are in, in love, but they they had their little falling out because I think she became jealous, jealous yeah. and kind of. I mean, it's uh, I I get her being jealous, but at the same time, you knew from the beginning that he was really good, but she kind of went like, oh, was this your plan all along? And yeah. he just seems. He seems pretty straightforward, so he, I, I like you know. Even if I was her, I wouldn't think that he was trying to pull a fast one on me. It, but I think it's just just even covering other movies and obviously talking to people in the real world. It's kitchens are already so competitive, and it's just that much harder and more competitive for women. Um, and so I think just for her working in the kitchen, yes. it was just like she had a, has a lot to prove. I mean, that was a big point in the in in Ratatouille even. Of you know Colette uh, yeah. says to Linguini just like uh, you know that Frozen. she has to work harder than anybody else. Like, do you see any other women in the kitchen? No, and I don't recall any, actually any other women in uh, Madame's kitchen besides, I guess, Madame herself. I, I was uh, gonna say I think Ratatouille does a little bit better of a job at like showing us that if, if that makes sense. Yes, you know? no, that is one of the weaker things of yeah. this movie. I think, yeah, kind she of their their subplots. Yeah, with the her knife up to his throat. <laughs> uh, do you count uh, hotel movies as foodie films? Oh my god. If if Was if there's the... <laughs> Go ahead. No, 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 continue. No, uh, I was going to say question. I mean I have covered the Grand Budapest. So that I mean between there's a decent amount of food and like e- you know cooking, eating scenes in the hotel and then uh Sorsha Ronan also plays a like you know the uh, pastry chef, so we also have a main character that's the chef. So that 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 was much closer. But I would say hotel movies, you know. Well, it depends, right? Like not Hotel Rwanda. Like that's not like a no, film. not Hotel Rwanda. <laughs> but I was gonna say, and Nicole, were you thinking the same thing? Dunstan checks in. Yes. Not Dunstan checks in, but I've covered uh, a scene from that. <laughs> no, uh, have you seen? And I don't know if I've actually seen this full film. But speaking of, I've like, seen both of them because there's a, there's a sequel. <laughs> speaking of oh, like boy. Indian films made by like Westerners, but oh, you know, you know, the, the kind, best uh, exotic, yes, be, best exotic, best exotic marigold hotel. I think you should put it on your list because I think there's a fair amount of cooking in that too. Okay, I think there's two of those actually. Yeah, yeah, that's what Nicole just said. She's seen both. Yeah. I've only seen. Like, oh, I thought you were one. saying there was a secret sequel to Dunstan Checks In. I got oh really, no, no, I got really, I got, <laughs> I got, I got jealous that I never knew about it all these. I years. don't know if I've ever seen Dunstan Checks In. Wow. wow, they need to bring back Monkey Club for you, Nicole. Yeah, it was another podcast hosted by someone you know, Christian Larson. He wants to a podcast here called Monkey Club, uh-huh. and you'll learn all about Pongo Pygmaeuses. Interesting. <laughs> The second best exotic marigold hotel is the sequel to the best exotic marigold hotel. But if I remember, there's a, there's a good amount of cooking in in that. Um, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. When did this? Um, when was this released? 2011. Uh, 
It's another like book, <laughs> book to movie kind of thing. Um, another movie that I was going to say that this kind of reminded me of in terms of like how it makes you feel, except uh-huh. this movie is a little bit more. E pray um, love. Not oh, E pray love. love. I don't want to talk. E pray love is my most hated film. You know that, Shut Kyle. Up. It's the best <laughs> film ever. It's with that no. toothy girl from Mystic Pizza. Right? <laughs> e pray love is yeah. I mean, obviously it's a foodie film, um, but. I think the Ypres Love of the generation before I was going to talk about, Under the Tuscan Sun. <gasps> That's another great one, too. Have you seen yeah, that, Kyle? That, Kevin Because you like that know? woman, right? Diane Lane? Kevin, no. Okay. Diane Lane. It's not Kevin Costner. Yeah, He's in that Kevin other Costner one. Uh, what, that Knights in a Rodan Thief. There we go. <laughs> I thought that was Richard Gere. Oh, God. I don't even know. <laughs> Getting oh, them boy. all mixed up. <laughs> no, but, but Diane Lane... Uh, one could argue that there's a lot of food in Under the Tuscan Sun. Oh, it's on my list. It's on my list. And it's on your wine. list? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to count the wine element. So, oh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. There's a whole genre of foodie films that are like kind of these movies. Well, like, yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of, not, I mean, obviously you have the younger actors in this movie, but there are a lot that kind of are for older generations, whether they're like in a midlife crisis or they're divorcees <laughs> or they're widows definitely plays to that i mean i i know that under the tuscan sun is one of those i've only seen parts of that i've never seen it from start to finish but um that's a feel-good movie yeah diane lane sandra O. Oh. Yeah, yeah sandra O oh gets knocked up it's really cute wait and sandra O oh is in another sideways film. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now yeah. we're doing like like six degrees of films. <laughs> that's i mean hey that's what like the like i said just recently with the the cook the thief the wife and the killer like we've got Helen Mirren right there there's definitely i uh as we did for ps i love hoffman like awards towards the end like i'm not necessarily going to do that for this but i am curious i'm gonna have to do a list of who's been in the most foodie films and that kind of stuff just out of my curiosity. I, pay, I, I mean, I've been paying attention, but... Uh, well, how many do directors do you have? have list. I was going to say, how many directors do you have have two foodie films? This guy. This 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 guy is one of them. What's his uh, name, by the way? I feel like we keep referring to him. <laughs> oh, sure. I'll, I'll, uh, let me go back to my first page of notes. It is... Uh, it seems like a Norwegian name. It's Lasse Holstrom. Hallstrom? Gotcha, gotcha. L A S S E, Hallstrom. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, no, there, yeah. There's a couple. I I don't know if it's the same director for all uh, four trip movies. Maybe so that would probably be the winner right there. I'm yeah, guess. but that's a little bit odd because it's the same yeah, series, the, right? Yeah, it's a like, series. Yeah, exactly. This, this is like someone who's making multiple foodie films. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, John Favreau makes another one. Oh but, my god, that'd be great. That'd be yeah. amazing. I mean, I'll take but, Chef too, but I would also take uh, just a unique story. Yeah, new episodes of the Chef Show came out last week. I haven't watched it yet. Though. Oh wow! Oh yeah. really? Yeah. Another Netflix binge. I know. Need to. Well, is there anything else about the hundred foot journey that you guys would like to talk about? I mean, we kind of, we I think we 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 said the ending of the film right. He comes back. He they go into partnership. Him and Marguerite. I think that it's kind of as far as just like uncompleted subplots. Like I guess their Indian restaurant, which I'm blanking on the name, is something Mumbai is it's doing well enough across the street, but it kind of goes a little bit on the back burner as far as even what once Hassan starts cooking across the street and then obviously gets that second star for Madame. Well so I, I hope he like I guess trains well. I hope he trains one of his younger siblings now that he's back 
you know, because yeah. that's what I was wondering. I asked Nicole while watching. I'm like, wait, if Hassan's not there, who's cooking the food? Because no one's as good as him. You well, know? I think that... Because the dad? Yeah, the dad did a lot of, like, cooking. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it almost seems like when Hassan comes back and he takes over uh, for the French restaurant, that the dad kind of just, like, takes on... Almost, I wouldn't necessarily say responsibility for the other restaurant, but he mm-hmm. kind of just like really gets on like team Madame Mallory, team Hassan running the other restaurant. Well, if they're partners, right? Uh, if they're partners, Marguerite and Hassan, maybe he can spend his time at both, you know? And it's an easy enough commute, and he, yeah, I it's, mean... a, it's only 100 feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, him and his family were living above the restaurant, as was Madame for hers. So I'm sure maybe Marguerite will move in as well. Not that she was far; she was just right down the hill for the most part. Do you everything think was everything was bikeable there? Yeah, very much so. Do you think the hundred foot journey was in their hearts the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> At least they could get their steps in, right? Like <laughs> hundred steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I think that's it. I mean, it's it's a fun, feel-good film. Is it for everybody? No, but most of you are jaded, so you're probably not going to enjoy it. But if you're not jaded, if you have a heart, uh, or if you're just interested in Michelin stars like I am. Yeah, or Indian it, or French cuisine. So Indian and or French cuisine, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I enjoyed revisiting this, so. Uh, There's more to cut. <laughs> that's the end, no. Well, <laughs> mo- moving on, uh Brian, so did you say this because is it one of, I was just asking you, because uh, I know Nicole was just getting home from work, but asked you uh, a food scene that maybe you guys would like to discuss, and you said the Alice in Wonderland tea party. Is this a, a favorite of yours, Nicole, or is this just a... Um, I, I, I love Alice in Wonderland. It's actually one of my favorite uh, Disney movies. Wow. Um, yeah, got a little crazy side to me. Um. But it's I one of the thought... ones I, I watched the, the like the least of, probably. Really? Oh my god, yeah. I could watch it like every day. When Brian said that we were going to be watching a little snippet from um, Alice in Wonderland, and he put on that scene, which was the very un- unbirthday scene. Yeah, the um, tea party. Yeah. And they had unbirthday. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I always forget that actor's name. That he's a Mary Poppins. Yeah, I don't know his a, name. I know what he looks lot. like, but I don't I remember looked, his name. I looked it up recently. I'll have to look. So, I'm sorry, Nicole. Go, go ahead. But um, in in this, when they were talking, it said um, 30 days have September. So, that's why I thought that you had picked it. And Brian was like, no, because you're releasing it on September 30th, right? Yeah. I this am. podcast. <laughs> so, it's kind of funny that Brian actually picked this because... Um, they actually mentioned the date of your release um, in in the song. There we go. It was meant to be. <laughs> Ed Edwin is his name. Gotcha, gotcha. Such a classic, you know, voice actor and just a- comedic actor. Uh, yeah, Alice in Wonderland. I've covered one uh, w- one scene before. It's the 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 mini cakes, the one that she eats to get like big and then small before she, <laughs> I guess, enters Wonderland. But this scene, I mean, this is just a ridiculous scene. Uh, you know, let's let's go. I'm gonna play it, and then we'll talk about it a little bit more. No room, no room, no room. But 
I thought there was plenty of room. Ah, but it's very rude to sit down without being invited. I'll say it's rude. It's very, very rude indeed. <laughs> very, very, very rude indeed. Oh, I'm very sorry. But I did enjoy your singing, and I wondered if you could tell me... You enjoyed our singing? Oh, what a delightful time. That thing happened. I'm so excited. We never get compliments. You must have a cup of tea. Ah, yes, indeed, the tea. You must have a cup of tea. That would be very nice. I'm sorry I interrupted your birthday party. Uh, thank you. Birthday? <laughs> My dear child, this is not a birthday party. Of course not. <laughs> this is an unbirthday party. Unbirthday? Well, I'm sorry, but I don't quite understand. It's very simple. Now, 30 days have set. No. Well, an unbirthday, if you have a birthday, then you. <laughs> She doesn't know what an unbirthday is. How silly! Oh. Well. <coughs> ah, Charlie Lucidate. <laughs> now, Sophistic Proof proved that you've one birthday. Imagine, just one birthday every year. Ah, but there are 364 unbirthdays. Precisely why we're gathered here to cheer. Why, then today is my unbirthday, too. It is? What a small world this is. In that case, a very merry unbirthday. To me? To you. A very merry unbirthday. From me? For you. Now blow the candle up, my dear, and make your wish come true. <laughs> a very merry unbirthday to Twinkle, twinkle, little bat. How I wonder what you're at. Up above the world you fly like a tea tray in the sky. So uh, this is still, right? I mean, as, as someone that uh, is a fan of this movie, this is still earlier in the movie, right? Like she, at this point, she's just met, she's met the one rabbit that's keeping Well, this time. is a very short movie. Yeah, the movie is, is like, it? I feel like it's just a little bit over an hour. Oh, okay. Um, so I feel I like guess... this is like almost the middle Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly don't. I have to with Disney Plus. I'll have to go back and and watch it. I, I guess because I mean, I know obviously even in this they they're singing a song, but it, it's not the most musical. If I remember, if I'm kind of they have a couple of songs. Um, like, like the Queen the, has a song, right? The Queen has a song, and then like the Walrus and the Oysters. Oh they, yeah. It's yeah, an it's, odd movie. Obviously, it's an, it's odd, an odd story. Book. Yeah, exactly. It's book. Yeah. And it, but it's not a musical in a sense that, you know, there's like these big epic musical numbers that were on the radio and stuff. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of why it didn't do well at the beginning when it was first released. This was a huge flop. But it got kind of popular in the psychedelic 60s because it's from <laughs> 1951. Uh, but then, yeah. It's yeah, it's one of the earlier... Yeah, it's one of the earlier Disney movies. I mean, it's like Snow White's the first, then it's like Pinocchio, Dumbo, this, and then I think maybe like Peter Pan. Like like Jungle Book and Peter Pan as far as the older ones before, like our generation then really got some great Disney movies between yeah, the Renaissance. Aladdin and, yeah, exactly, and Lion King and all that. Um, but the earlier ones, like I was definitely, like Jungle Book was probably my favorite because like it just had such great songs. Uh 
yeah, yeah, I know that that and that has some foodie scenes as well. But yes. yeah. for this scene that we just saw, I just love the Mad Hatter and the March Hare. They're just so crazy. And what's it, the Dormouse? I think is the name of the mouse. Yeah, yeah. And just like <laughs> twinkle, twinkle, little bat. <laughs> And the the unbirthday, the idea that like basically you celebrate every day but your birthday. birthday. <laughs> yeah, just like she's like, today is my unbirthday. He's like, what's the chances? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's yeah, it is. It's wacky. It's I get how it became popular again in the '60s. Just like, uh, oh, what does Steve Buscemi say in Big Daddy? He's like, oh, I got really into Fantasia. <laughs> yeah but this one I, it got a theater re-release like in, in the wow 70s. i didn't know and, that and it did cool. really well but like in 51 it like hardly made its money back i believe and then i mean i'm not you know that's what i think is the case you'll have to like double check your sources on that if you really want to but i'm pretty sure like you know uh jefferson airplane white rabbit and the, that oh, kind yeah. of culture was contributing to it and it I th- you know they probably were like screening it at like uh drive-ins and stuff and then disney was like you know let's just make money off this re-released it and then it, be- it became a classic at like 10 years or so after it was released so no oh, more I right even, yeah yeah oh, like yeah even probably more, like more. almost 20 yeah probably yeah, i mean like exactly like 18 closer. like 16 you know who knows but yeah I even know, like, episodes of Lost were named, like, one's called The Looking Glass. You know, there's a bunch of references to Alice in Wonderland, like, down the rabbit hole. Who are you? Do you count hookah? <laughs> Do you count hookah as a food? Uh, hmm. <laughs> what kind well, of I hookah guess, movies no. are there? Come on. <laughs> no, because then you have to start counting drugs, and you have to do, like, fear and loathing, and, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but again, just this scene in uh, Tea. You know, tea. tea uh, yeah, tea, tea is awesome. <laughs> I'm a tea think... guy. Nicole's a coffee drinker. Yeah, yeah, I love my coffee. I don't really like. I mean, I like tea. I guess a good mint tea in the middle of winter is pretty is pretty good. But when we were in London, we had tea at uh, oh at, Kensington at, Palace. At Kensington Palace, that was fun. That was at so tea, much at, fun. at tea time. Yes. At tea time, and you know, where does tea come from? India. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Everything's Full relative. circle. <laughs> so so i'm gonna ask you a question kyle are you more the mad hatter or are you more the march hare <laughs> the mad hatter i think you think so i think so because he's a <laughs> bit like he's a bit sillier fair I th- fair i think i'm sillier than yeah than the, than the march hare he's he was he's kind of like the, the the that that rabbit like compared to the other one is just like uh, definitely more he's in- intimidating. Few, well, because he's mad as a March Hare. Well, he's got a yeah. few screws loose. Yeah. Yeah, the, the White Rabbit isn't really crazy. He's just... He's very anxious. OCD and anxious. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I'd certainly Ironic. rather be the Mad Hatter or the Mar- March Hare or the Dormouse just chilling and having tea all day and celebrating your own yeah. birthday than always rushing to places like the White Rabbit. Yeah, and, are, and you magic- the, are you the caterpillar, or are you the Cheshire cat? I feel like I could be the Cheshire cat. I think you're the Cheshire cat. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> so you. Um, and then you know, Joey could be Pocahontas. Manzi, <laughs> Manzi could be Flounder. I'm just thinking like random Disney characters. Who else on the network? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, no, last. No. Last but not least, our speed round of gut instincts, Nicole. So it's just whatever comes to your mind first. 
Oh, Brian, you, you've done this before, so... Uh, yes. But... Well, please forgive my answers. I did work today, so I'm a little <laughs> foggy. <laughs> well, first question. Favorite fast food? Oh, Wendy's. Nice. That's a... That... That was a, I remember I was listening to some older episodes the other day. In the beginning, like Wendy's and Taco Bell were like the real two big contenders. I was gonna say In and Out Burger, but I was like, we don't really have In and Out here, so I can't get it all the time. So I'd rather sure. pick something I can get all the time. Makes sense. I think they started doing breakfast now, Wendy's. I feel like they've been doing br- breakfast for a little. They, bit. They try every couple of years and never yeah. catches on. <laughs> Go to alcoholic beverage. Wine. Favorite childhood snack. Ooh. Um. Oh God, I don't know because when I was younger, my parents really controlled what I ate because I'm a diabetic. So the snacks that they gave me were like absolute crap. Mm-hmm. Um. So I feel like my snack game really kind of, you know, upped its game when I was like in high school. No, like Dunkaroos or fruit. Yeah, well, fruit, was there fruit, maybe fruit by the foot. was there a yeah a snack that other children were having that you were like, oh, I wish I oh could have God. that. Oh my God, goldfish. I feel like I like I cannot remember um, ever having a brownie until like I was in third grade. Mm. So like, just seeing kids eating stuff in front of me was just so torturous, and I could Ugh. never really understand um, until I went to diabetes camp. Yes, I went to diabetes camp. Um, and there was this girl there who had type one diabetes and she also had celiac disease and she couldn't eat anything that we were having. So we're having like all these awesome snacks and then they just gave her an apple and I was just like, Oh God, I feel (laughs) you. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. What a crazy side of, yeah. Just like your food history that we, I mean, we didn't even discuss, but that's just, uh, I can't, yeah, I can't even. Well, I'm making up for lost time. So. (laughs) Sweet or savory? Ooh. Oh, my God. That's a tough question. That's why it's got instincts. I would probably say savory. That's the usual one. Because I think think people end up being pretty uh, logical with it. Like, what are you going to want? You know, it's not like you can eat sweets all the time. Favorite food city? And I know you're well-traveled, so uh, domestic and international. Uh, domestic would probably be New Orleans. Um, nice. International, uh, San Sebastian in, in Basque Country in Spain. Oh, so good. And you guys so know I, I went for the first time now, was it two, uh, you know, not this summer, the summer before with Danielle. And that was just, oh, I want to go back and spend even more time just in not just San Sebastian, but more of the Basque region and go it's, up into France so and everything. Yeah. So good. Favorite cuisine? Favorite cuisine? Mexican. Guilty pleasure food? <laughs> McDonald's chicken nuggets. And you, pick, and you picked <laughs> Wendy's as your favorite fast food? Yeah, but you can't say you love McDonald's that much because then you're just like the ultimate fatty. <laughs> Has anyone ever said McDonald's on this show? Uh, as favorite fast food? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, you and I, another foodie connection between us. We, we did Coming to America with McDowell's, and then we mm-hmm. also did The Founder, which is about the founding of McDonald's, so connections. <laughs> yes. We'll have to do Coming to America, too. I'm assuming there's going to be McDowell's in there somehow. There have to be. If there's not, like, screw them. Yes. Yeah. 
uh, and that's actually I was going to ask you a sub question of that, but it, it falls under this favorite condiment. What, what 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 condiment are you using for said nuggets? And then what's your favorite condiment in general? I don't use them. <laughs> <laughs> so for uh, the chicken nuggets, I generally switch back and forth between um, honey mustard and ranch dressing. Not the sweet and sour? No. Oh, that that reminds favorite. me too much of my childhood. Remember how I used to say my mom used to get uh, Chinese food on Sunday nights? Yeah. <laughs> well, she used to get sweet and sour chicken all the time. So, gotcha. like, I can't eat that anymore. Okay. Um, but my, like, go-to is probably... Um, it, I would probably be ketchup, and then mayo is like a close second. I was gonna say you love mayo, Nicole. I know, but I I, I hated mayo growing up. I thought it was like disgusting. And then um, <laughs> I think we took a trip to um, visit Lindsay in the Netherlands, and oh fruits, yeah, and got the fries. Fruits. Yeah, yeah, fruits, they yeah. did it in mayo all the time, and I was like, this is delicious. You know what other condiment you really like? Oh God. What Hot Frank's red sauce? Wait, what is Frank's? <laughs> oh, what is Frankie's it? red hot sauce. I put that yeah. shit on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the last thing you ate? Oh god! Very ironically, uh, we had um, dumplings. Pot, yeah, like pot stickers and shumai. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what would be your last meal? Oh, pot stickers and shumai. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brian's going to kill me after this episode. Um, my last meal would probably be... Um, ooh, oh God. Um, my mom's meatloaf. Oh, you were like ooh. criticizing your mom's like home, home food and now you're like, boom. Yeah, but everybody likes their mom's meatloaf. Like, you, I just, I can't eat anybody else's meatloaf besides my own or my mom's. I it's could, that nostalgia. It's the food is memories. Yeah. No offense, mom. I could eat anyone's meatloaf. I doubt she's <laughs> listening, but. Meatloaf, underrated, because it just has such a bad name. It's meatloaf. <laughs> but great music. Great my music. My mom though. used to make, like, four different types of meatloaf. It was, like, so weird. She, like. Oh. One would be like the regular old like marinara sauce one, and then she would do like this Mexican one where she like infused it with like the taco seasoning and like doused it in cheddar cheese, and then there was like another one where she like wrapped bacon all over it. Wow, it's pretty good. Are you a sloppy Joe kind of guy, Kyle? That was a that was a family night like dinner back in the day. Do people eat sloppy joes anymore? I don't mean to sound pretentious, but like right growing up, like. We would eat sloppy joes, but like I don't see Didn't them like anymore. Did it come in a can? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, some like yeah, like so, so, sometimes like you get some in a can, but at the same, it's just ground beef and then seasoning and yeah. Yes, okay. It doesn't have to come in a can, but you could get sloppy joe in a can. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like it, I don't know if that's popular anymore. I'm very curious out there if you still rock sloppy joes. Let Kyle know. Yeah, let me know. I feel like it was, you know, it was always, what was that, Billy, a food scene I could cover. Well, it's a couple of scenes in Billy Madison pudding packs, but then have some more sloppy joes. It's just a very, again, I feel like a very, like, Caucasian, like, lunch cafeteria thing. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, dine in or cook at home. Or, I mean, I'm sorry. Cook Whoa. at home or, you know, dining out. Dining out. 
Cooking makes me very anxious. Um, <laughs> I think I'm actually a decent cook. I'm not amazing, but um, the stuff that I do make, I, I mean, I seem to enjoy and Brian seems to enjoy it. But just having everything hot at the same time just absolutely drives me insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Nicole, I get that. I get that way too. Nicole cooks better, but I cook more. I don't know if it was on air, or off air, but I, I recently, you know, called myself a very industrial style cook. You know, that's how I would yes. call my cooking style. Um, <laughs> something, you know, akin to, uh, like, uh, I think I mentioned I could probably do well on a navy ship uh, <laughs> as the cook. You or know? like in Antarctica when you have to like use like everything that you got. Yeah, because I put things together. What's in, you know what's in the kitchen? I'll put it together and make an edible cuisine, and that that's yeah, that's Brian, my effectiveness. Brian had made um, sausage the other night, and mm-hmm. um, I guess you were trying to make kind of like almost I don't know what you're trying to make, but he <laughs> he used tomato paste instead of tomato sauce. Maybe you could still use a little tomato paste. That was you know for texture, but it didn't go well. It we'll did not it go way. well. But and it wasn't that bad. It just was. I got you. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Tomato paste is very, it's very condensed. So Yes, exactly. A little goes a long way. And I just don't understand why you had to open up the two cans of it. No, no, no. But one, because one I used for the beans, which are good. Yeah. The beans were good and I needed the whole thing. So I didn't use the full can of the other one. Regardless, this is, no one cares (laughs) right now. (laughs) Sorry, guys. He wasted two cans of tomato paste when he could have used one. (laughs) <laughs> Apologies for the can drive. We're going to go to this Christmas. You're going to get one less can. What would be your spirit food? What food do you think embodies your personality? Oh, I don't know if I can answer this. Can you guys answer this for me? It's gut instinct. It's your gut. I don't. But I, when I think of gut instincts, I'm like I I I don't do well under pressure. <laughs> what? Uh, huh, let me see. Let me try to come up with something. What? F- Wait, what's the question again, Kyle? I like exactly. Like... Spirit, spirit food. So, what food do you think best? Like, you know, via it's everything that goes with the plate. It's looks. It's taste. I said know, every... oysters because you know. Yeah, tough the, to crack. The, tough to crack. Spineless. <laughs> slimy. I'm just I'm I said no. That's what for me. I said for me. For himself. Um. Cactus. I don't know. No, I feel I feel like you'd be some kind of like avocado toast. Oh, you love avocado, Nicole. I can't oh, believe I you haven't so mentioned I, avocado. So I, I think because avocado. So she's it's, basic. It's, I'm very basic. <laughs> well, it's yeah. There's there is the basic element to it, but it also but has you're to also, be like a little bit like I'm like a Spitfire sometimes. I'm like very yeah. So like, I think with some like hot maybe some like. Hot, you put Frankie's hot, hot sauce on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Something. <laughs> some chili oil of some sort. But yeah, just like, yeah, and like a nice crunchy piece of sourdough. But like you also, I know you enjoy yoga. So there's that like hippiness to it, you know, gr- you know, granola kind of way. So yeah. Are you a ham? Is that your uh, spirit? An- well, not spirit animal. Is that what you said? Spirit animal? Spirit, spirit food. food. Spirit food. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, ham is- with pi- ham with pineapple. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Got the Hawaiian element, you know. Even though I've never been there, nor am I Hawaiian, obviously. But, <laughs> gotcha. But I like, but I like the shirts that are now 
offensive. Don't no, they're not offensive. Don't say okay. that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, you go to the movies. What kind of snack are you having? I, we can't go to the movies, Kyle. Uh, in a world, well, in, in New we Jersey, twenty five percent or whatever. Yeah. Um, it would probably be a mix of. Well, it depends on what theater you're going to, though. Are That's you going true. to the one with like the sit down like meals, or are you no, going just your, your your basic theater, just a basic your, your, theater, your basic concessions, yeah. Well, like when you were a kid, you I worked would, at the movie theater. I did work at a movie. Wow! Theater. I didn't yes, know I that. worked at Closter um, Movie. Oh, theater. really? Yeah. Yes. Closer, I, um, clear, clear view, right? Wasn't that you must have seen Kyle every Wednesday, Sunday, I, uh, and, and sold Tuesday. sold concessions, and I ripped tickets, <laughs> and I cleaned up disgustingness off the floors. And So she seats. definitely saw you then, Kyle. Wow, what a foodie film job. <laughs> yeah. So what's your food? Popcorn? Um, I would buy the popcorn, but I would usually sneak in like my candy. So mm-hmm. my candy go-tos would usually be either... Um, Junior mints. Um, I've never seen you eat a junior mint. What? Are you kidding? <laughs> never. Love junior. What are you saying, Mike and Ike's next? I don't like Mike. And Ike's. <laughs> I'm kidding. Good I thought you were going to say Twizzlers. You love Twizzlers. <laughs> well, I was going to say that too. So the Twizzlers, however, it has to be the multicolored Twizzlers. Oh. Um, yeah, those are really good, and it almost looks like a straw. So um, you could like slurp up some of your soda with it too another gross fact diet coke would be the soda diet coke would be my soda my soda <laughs> and last but not least a great lesson you've learned when it comes to food i think now the best lesson would be to just try everything when I was younger, I was a very picky eater. And I could say that even now I'm a very picky eater. But, you know, if you don't try it, you're not going to know if you like it. So, um, you know, with with that being said, like how Brian was kind of introduced to Indian food, um, mm-hmm. as we've been dating, like I've been introduced to um, – like even oysters, like I never thought that I would actually enjoy chewing on the slimy thing, <laughs> but they taste pretty good. And I would have never tried it if, you know, I, I would say if we never met. So, yeah, I'm sure you eat, you eat more Dominican food because of him as well. Yeah, probably. I mean, my my stepmom's Cuban, so oh, I can't yeah, okay. say so that it's... like I've never had Spanish food, but it is gotcha. very different, yeah. like the the styles, but I've. Um, you know, I, I definitely know about like, uh, how do you say it? Tres golpes, which is like the big breakfast that Dominicans cook. It's like with salami, it's cheese, mangu, and, um, it's absolutely delicious. So, mm-hmm. and fattening. <laughs> so you can only have it like once a day. Um, and you know, my, I have a lot of, of my patients are, are Dominican women and, um, I remember uh, having this one patient and we usually like during their their process of giving birth, they're allowed to eat like before we start like the really big process, like right before we get down to the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, yeah, um, my my husband ordered me food. I want to eat it. And I was like, yeah, as long as it's, you know, light, you can have it. Right. So I go into her room and she's eating the trace golpes and i'm like <laughs> mom i said light this isn't light but it's funny because like all of our cultures are so different like they they consider that a, their light breakfast so um 
but it's like oh my god <laughs> like i just can't even imagine like i'm like you know this has to come out later right <laughs> <laughs> like we had said before you and i kind of like we had almost like the same like growing up background with like the f- food choices and everything and yeah um you know my um and my parents are basically the same now, like with their go-to places, like they only go to like two different restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very hard to like break them out of their shell. Um, but I mean, at least my mom is trying like different foods now. So I'm very proud of her for that. <laughs> yeah. My mom's definitely the foodie out of my parents and pushes my, I mean, she's always, my dad doesn't cook, can't I, I, boil I also water think... to save his life. That's almost like a nursing thing because we're exposed to so many different like cultures with the people that we work with, our patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, to try different things like, um, you know, with our jobs and stuff and the exposure. Kyle, does your dad grill? No, doesn't. My dad, like, he can press the button to start <laughs> making coffee. <laughs> The I, I'm sure I've shared the story on here, but the famous like one of the more famous stories in my family is like when I was three and my mom started going back to I forget whether she was going back part time or even just I think because I think she was working before even I was three. But point being, Sundays we would always have egg sandwiches, and it was like the first Sunday my mom wasn't around, and I said to my dad, and he's just like, uh, <laughs> you know. Probably probably said, like, I oh, shit out of luck. And I'm like, well, I'll teach you how to make eggs. And I taught him how to make eggs when I was three years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. And you do make a really good egg sandwich. Thank you. Thank you. I, I thought you were going to tell the story, Kyle, of when you, like, substituted a rock instead of, like, what was, like, a burger? No, it's a, a potato because it, oh, like it looks like a baked potato. Yeah. <laughs> we would, yeah, Nicole, yeah, if I didn't, there's this rock that, I don't know, we found at some point and it looks... Very much like a baked potato. Also, my dad is like kind of colorblind and doesn't have the best sight anyway. But we would even we would take it and we would like you know put it under the faucet and then put it in the microwave for <laughs> like ten seconds so it even start like steaming a little bit and then put oh it on his plate God. and he would try to cut into it like it was a baked potato. Oh, your poor <laughs> and this, dad. <laughs> and then, haven't done that in a while and I still I saw that rock. I'll have to take a picture of this rock. It's like at my parents' house, still on like the kitchen windowsill. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that one. But yeah. uh, Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on Foodie Films. Brian, I know this is your, you know, manyth time on, and I know you'll be on in the near future. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. This was a blast talking, uh, you know, this movie and just talking food with you guys. Yeah. Thank you for um, bursting my podcast, Cherry. Yeah. Wow. Brian, the pressure's on. Oh, he he. We're gonna do hocus pocus. I'm no. gonna make him. I'm gonna give him I'm, so many. I'm gonna have Danielle on there. first. What? <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, I mean, since this is you, don't have a podcast yourself, uh, and you know, but uh, obviously, Brian, you you have something to promote. But Nicole, if you want people to follow you on Instagram, if you guys want to share that kind of stuff right now. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> you could follow my other show. Well, this isn't my show, but you could follow my show, High School Slumber Party, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, of course, our show, Collectively Kyle, P.S. I Love Hoffman, 
uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, just check out all the other great shows on the Cage Club Podcast Network, and you'll uh, you know you'll really experience a lot, a wide variety, a rainbow of uh, pop culture things. But specifically because it's me on this show, check out High School Slumber Party. <laughs> And Brian, you've said it plenty of times, so Nicole, if, if you would like to say our little catchphrase, which is, there's more to cut, just to remind the foodies uh, out there that there's more to cut. There's more to cut. Ooh, that was a good one. I felt you got a little closer to the mic on that. I did. <laughs> oh, wait, we didn't talk oh. about my, my connection with... Um, oh, we didn't. Yeah. The, the biggest foodie ever. Dom de Louise. We'll Dom to, de Louise. Oh, we'll have to save bre- that for the next time. Yeah. Since we, since oh, we, yeah. I can't believe I forgot That's like this. a two-second story. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy. And I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a sweet thing.